Starting a new business can be both exhilarating and stressful. There are so many decisions to make, details to complete, and demands on our time to get our new business launched or running successfully. Such pressure can lead to increased levels of stress and anxiety. Unfortunately, some of the methods many of us use for reducing stress, like ignoring it, suppressing it, or trying to override it with positive self-talk, may actually make it worse. So is there a better solution? You bet there is, and it's the topic of today's show. You're listening to the Sticky Brand Lab Podcast, where time-strapped professionals like you learn how to create a business you love in as little as three hours a week. You have a gorgeous brain. It does so many amazing things, like allows you to think, create, communicate ideas, launch and run a business. It also gives you the ability to worry, to stress, to relive those mistakes over and over again, and to imagine the worst. Does this sound familiar to you? It did to us. So how do you create and launch a successful side business and manage your stress? Hello and welcome aspiring side hustlers. Lori and Nola here with a worry-free episode of Sticky Brand Lab. But before we show you how to manage the stress and anxiety for creating, launching, and managing your side business, be sure to subscribe to our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That way, you'll never miss out on any of our weekly, helpful, informative, and always opinionated podcasts. Now, let's get this OM stress-reducing show started. Science has shown that many of the things we do to try to reduce stress are ineffective and often counterproductive. Contrary to what you might think, trying to talk yourself out of feeling stress or any negative emotion, especially when it's really strong, is virtually impossible and may actually trigger more unwanted thoughts rather than reduce them. To help us explore and understand the power of stress on our bodies and minds, we sought out an expert in the field, internationally trained master meditation teacher, Cindy Ray Lutz. Entrepreneur, speaker, author, yoga instructor, meditation teacher, and corporate trainer. Cindy infuses coaching with breathwork techniques that are designed to stabilize and calm the nervous system, draw out your creativity, and connect you with a strong sense of worth and purpose. Using her knowledge and experience in meditation, Cindy has worked with individuals, groups, and organizations on topics related to mental health and addiction. Her mindful stress management techniques have been taught in Fortune 500 companies, to the Denver Police Peer Wellness Officers, and the Western Oregon University Women's Softball Team. As a small business owner, she created and successfully published a Denver magazine and was featured on the PBS show Colorado Matters for her book, When Your Heart Belongs to an Addict, A Healing Perspective. With more than 20 years of industry experience, Cindy has held CPA, securities, and insurance licenses. She has a BS in business and an MBA in finance and accounting. Welcome, Cindy. Hello, hello. It's so great to have you here. (laughs) It's so cool to see you this morning. Likewise. (laughs) Before we get into specific techniques for managing stress, which I know we're dying to get into, first of all, why are you so passionate about meditation, yoga, and breathing techniques? And related to that, I mean, you said you had an MBA in business, finance, accounting, CPA, all of that. What prompted you to make the shift from business to meditation and mindfulness? 
Well, they both use different sides of the brain. So when you're stuck in the numbers part, it's easy to lose your creativity. But the real reason I found that out or got into yoga and meditation was really because of some tragic life circumstances. And frankly, when I was working in the corporate world at the time, I thought I was going to lose my mind. I really thought I was going to go crazy and I had to find something to not lose it. And yoga just kept popping up into my mind and I hadn't really done it much, but it just kept popping up. So I thought I would try it and it helps so much just to give me space between my thoughts It calmed down my fears and just gave me some stability in the fragile state that I was in until I could regain my sense of self and who I was. And yoga helped me tremendously with that. Sounds like it was a real lifesaver. It absolutely was a lifesaver. It's one of the best things I ever did for myself. And it just grows and grows and grows and you become more aware of who you are as a human being and how you can sing your particular song. That's actually quite poetic and lovely. Thank you. (laughs) You know, I think one of the things is that really meditation and breath work, you have to come to meditation and breath work with a beginner's mind, but that can be very challenging, especially in the beginning. Why do you think that is? People have preconceived notions of what is involved in breath work because the word work is in there and also the word meditation. People think they can't meditate. They'll just say, no, I can't meditate. I can't just shut off those thoughts. And that's not meditation. So meditation slows the thoughts in your mind, but there's not too many people that I know that can just sit and not have any thoughts. But you learn over time how to find that space between those thoughts. And when you can use the breath, which you can, it's the best tool to slow those thoughts down, you get that space You get rid of the distractions outside of you. But until people actually sit and have somebody teach them the breath work, it's hard to get into meditation by itself because in this country, our minds are so busy and so anxious and so easily distracted that we need to focus on something to slow the mind down. And that is where the breath work comes in. But breath work is accessible to anyone and everyone. It's not like an advanced yoga pose. Good point. You know, I think there are a lot of misconceptions people have about meditation and breath work techniques, especially when you're starting a a business or you're in a leadership role in your own company that, you know, in listening to you speak, there's a calmness in the way that you do that. But for many people, that type of calmness can be misunderstood or misinterpreted as not being as productive. So could you talk a little bit about 
some of the misconceptions, especially high-powered entrepreneurs have around meditation and breathwork? Yes. Entrepreneurs have very busy minds. They're usually visionary. They're always creating, always, always, always creating and trying to build things. But we have to look at it a different way. When, when you first start to calm the mind, it is a strange phenomenon for type A people or people that are hard chargers mm-hmm. or creators. They haven't been there much. So they think that, or they might think that they're not doing enough. They're not being productive. And it takes a while to get used to that calmness. But from that calmness, that is your competitive edge. That mindful focus is your competitive edge. That does sound ideal. Staying calm and focused both on the inside and the outside, as you say, makes you actually more powerful, more productive. Yet researchers have shown that, at least in American society, Americans prefer those high-intensity emotions like excitement or even stress. And from your expertise, what are some of the consequences of such stress or any kind of high-intensity emotion? Well, it turns that energy like I mentioned before, from restless or into restlessness. It's restless Mm -hmm. energy where you're not as productive. You don't get as much done. It robs you of the joy in the moment, the joy of creating. It takes its toll on your body. Your body will start to show the effects of stress. That's why everybody's interested in stress management right now. I know when I'm sitting at my computer and I'm really into something, or I'm even struggling with something. So now I'm really focused on getting that thought written down or typed out. My position stays the same. I hardly move. And when it's done, there's a satisfaction that I completed it, but then I already notice that I either have a headache or I have a knot somewhere in my body. So is that part of that consequence that you were speaking about? Well, that's interesting because I know exactly what you're talking about because that still happens to me. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, I can totally relate to that. That's a problem? No, no. (laughs) For me, that's a different, slightly different spot because unlike being distracted and unable to focus on something, which is what stress does to you a lot, you are able Mm -hmm. to focus. You're able to get it done. Sometimes that hyper-focus, it can be good for your productivity and your creativity because we all know that creativity doesn't always just come when you snap your fingers and you're ready for it to come. Mm -hmm. So when you are in that zone, you got to go with it. And it takes a while afterwards to come down from that or to drift away from it a little bit because you'll join conversations and it'll still be in your mind. So the best thing that I find is I have to just switch gears. And that's when I go for a walk or I pet my dog or I call a friend and get involved in somebody else's life. Those things help me a lot. 
Those are good ideas because I know that sometimes I'm guilty of going on creative streaks and then going, oh, time for bed. And I lay in bed <laughs> and my brain is still going. And then I wonder why I can't yes. sleep. I laid down in the bed on time, but you know, my brain was, was still in that creative endeavor. Well, that's where the breath work comes in then too, because that's an ideal mm. time to do your breath work and slow that oh. mind down. Because when we control the breath, we control the mind. You slow down the breath, mm. you slow down the mind. And you don't have to use anything outside of yourself, like any addictive tendencies. You don't have to try and do it with food or alcohol or drugs or shopping or whatever your... Or social media. Exactly. You know, you were really talking about slowing down the mind, Cindy. And I think I have in my mind, when you say that, that I am not going to be able to make the connections that I need in order to be more productive or more creative. I almost feel like the high intensity, both positive or negative, makes me feel like I'm doing something, like I'm more successful. So how does trying to be successful and avoid making mistakes impact our well-being? And how is that related to what you're referring to in slowing down? Well, activity is not the same as productivity. <laughs> we Ooh. often find... <laughs> Ouch! Our, and right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <sighs> activity, sometimes it is fun. Sometimes you love to get to that crunch time because, okay, now it's time to act. But staying there all the time is not helpful. Yoga and meditation and breath work meets you where you're at. And it reminds you of your worth on this planet, regardless of anything else outside of you. I keep getting this visual of, you know, when horses have the blinders on each side of their eyes, and it's so they can't get distracted by the peripheral stuff, right? So they're very focused on what's right in front of them. And it almost sounds like that's a similar thing when it comes to breath work and meditation, perhaps, and yoga. Is that an accurate yes, description? Yes, because distractions are another form of resistance, resistance to what you should be doing or really want to accomplish. And when you close the eyes, we get about 85% of the intake we take in is through the eyes. And when you close the eyes, you are left with yourself, period, yourself and your thoughts. And people find that sometimes strange, sometimes uncomfortable, and it'll be fleeting. You'll experience it and you say, oh, I, I had a space between my thoughts. And then you're thinking again. Very natural, <laughs> but it, it just comes and, and sometimes are better than others for, you know, slowing the thoughts, but the breath always works. I'm glad you were bringing that up because like you said, it may feel really weird at first. And there's so much, there's so many people out there that say, this is how you do it. You do it this way, but newbies can feel that, okay, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to sit? What if, oh no, my mind's wandering. I suck at this. <laughs> so so people feel like I'm, I keep making mistakes on this. I mean, is there really a right and wrong way for a newbie to meditate? 
depends on how you're learning to meditate. I mean, you can YouTube it, you can go to a class, there's all different ways. I won't say there's mistakes, people teach differently, but I find that there are ways to make it better and much more easily accessible. For instance, you can teach them how to sit and elongate their spine or lay down and you just guide them slowly with the breath. Meditation is not something you do. Meditation happens to you. We don't have to go, go, go to do our meditation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I I think that's a pretty impressive or important point. It happens to you. I'd never heard it phrased that way, but I think that's probably a great way to say it. What are some misunderstood expectations people may have about being successful with, with that's air quotes, successful with your meditation and breath work? They might expect it to make a huge change immediately, and it will definitely calm you down, but it builds upon itself. It affects the subtle energy within the body. So it is, or it can be subtle on many levels. And one of the mistakes they might make is, oh, I can do it here or there. I can do it once a week. I can do it, and they can. But if you want to make it a practice that works for you, you must do it consistently. If you haven't been meditating consistently, you're going to fall back into the old patterns that you used to have. You always go back to the place that you most consistently maintained. And it's only with continuous meditation oh, that's interesting. do you change that place. Mm, that's a great point. Well, switching gears just a little bit, Cindy, one of the things that I wanted to ask about is, is breath work and meditation, are those mutually exclusive? Is breath work a form of meditation? Can you speak a little bit about that? Sure. And that's a really good question. Meditation, like I said, happens to you. So you create the conditions for it to happen. And by doing the breath work, that allows the meditation to happen because you are focusing just on your breath and the experience within your body with no other distractions or brief distractions. And then you come back to breathing or you come back to your mantra. What are some ways that people can work breathing techniques or meditation into a daily routine? I like the way I started. And that was, I got myself out of bed. I just literally would roll out of my bed and sit on the floor and meditate for five minutes when I first got up. Because five minutes is a doable amount for anybody. If you can't find five minutes in your day, then you've got even bigger problems you know, five minutes for yourself. And that five minutes was a daily occurrence until I built it up a little bit longer. But you don't have to build it up. But five minutes works. That's a great technique. Do it first thing, grab five minutes. Or do you have any other tips for making breath work or meditation work for you and throughout your day? Well, you can breathe anytime, anywhere. I've had people tell me they went out to their car 
at their lunch break. You can do it anywhere. If you're at a, a light or you're in traffic, you're stopped. You can just, if you just breathe in through your nose and out through your nose for a few breaths, you can do that anywhere, anytime. It really is an investment in you and who you are. And over time, I think this is one of the biggest things. It, it connects you with your worth. It reminds you who you are and why you're here and what you're really good at and that you are awesome. And once you recognize that and you experience your own worth, then you can do really worthwhile things. But your worth is something that you need to experience on your own. Your mother or father can tell you you are amazing, talented, gorgeous, athletic. Your boss can tell you those things. A friend can tell you those things. But until you experience your worth on your own, none of it matters because you don't fully believe them. It must come from you. Really great points. Shifting just a little bit but on a similar track, we believe in inspiring quotes. As a matter of fact, we developed a PDF of inspirational quotes for aspiring side hustlers and entrepreneurs. We thought it would be interesting to see what your personal favorite mantra or motto quote is, and tell us in what ways it reflects your experience and journey to becoming a successful entrepreneur. One of them that really stuck out for me is something that Annie Lamott wrote, and it had to do with a shitty first draft. And it helped me so much when I was writing my book. It reminded me that, oh, this is supposed to be shitty. This is supposed to be bad. It's imperfect. And that's fine. It's how it's supposed to be because it's my first time getting my thoughts down. So that freed me up to just write, 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 write. Because you can delete them, you can change them, you can alter them. But guess what? Now you've got a framework within which to build upon. And that's the hardest part is getting started. I read that book by Anne Lamott. I have it. You saw me turning around and it's called Bird, Bird by Bird, Bird. Mm -hmm. but it's about writing and it's a reference to something her brother would say, but you're right. Her big thing is shitty first draft. Don't get hung up on making mistakes. Just get it out there, get it on paper and you've done the major lifting right there. Exactly. I love that. I wonder what would be, happen if I put that on my wall. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I had it on my computer. I had it stuck with a sticky yeah, note. That's a good place to put it. <laughs> so to help us and our audience get to know you on a personal level, we've got a fun question for you. Ready? Ready. When was the last time you did something for the first time? And what was it? I learned how to play pickleball about six weeks ago. Uh, I have ooh. to tell you, I don't know what pickleball is. So is it you throw pickles? Um, and that's what it sounds like. I don't know. Pickleball, <laughs> or is the ball it, shaped like a pickle? No, it's, it's, the ball is kind of <laughs> like a wiffle ball. And the paddle reminds me of a ping pong paddle, but just a little bit bigger, but it's light. 
and you play pickleball on about half the size of a tennis court. So it's easy for a lot of people to do because the racket's light, the ball's light, and the court's smaller so you don't have to run all over the place. And it's fun as can be. Oh. <laughs> it does sound fun. Well, and there are the no pickles itself, there. just sounds fun as I love pickles. I do too. There's but... no pickles there. <laughs> oh, so, no. What does that mean? I don't know where the name came from. <laughs> That would be a good research question. (laughs) Thank you, Cindy, for being our guest and helping us and our listeners. And as you had mentioned, that you have recorded some mindful exercises for us, some meditation, some breath work, and listeners can find that actually under our resource page. And we'll be adding to that as you provide more and more. But would you tell our listeners how they can learn more about you, your work, and your services? Sure. You can find more information about me on my website, cindyraylutz.com, C-Y-N-D-E-E-R-A-E-L-U-T-Z.com. And I also have a LinkedIn page, same spelling, Cindy Ray Lutz. And if you want to email me, that would probably be the quickest and that is cindylutz at gmail.com. So C-Y-N-D-E-E-L-U-T-Z at gmail.com. Listeners, you can also get the details and more information about Cindy, her services, guided meditations, and capture her motto by visiting our website at stickybrandlab.com forward slash resources. While you're there on our resources page, check out the brand new six-minute breathwork meditation Cindy recorded for us on minimizing self-doubt. Be sure to come back next Tuesday and every Tuesday for another informative, inspiring, and motivating episode. And remember, action creates results. So tap into your desire to create a business and brand you love by taking 1% action every day. Small steps, big effects. Do you have questions about creating a personal brand, side hustle, or small business? Sign up for one of our clarity sessions. For more information, contact us at stickybrandlab.com forward slash contact. Hey there, aspiring. Yes. <laughs>